hi guys, I just wanted to show up and sort of ask you, I see you're protesting my event out here. Is there anything that you want to say? It's a silent protest. Oh, it's a what? Silent protest. It's a silent protest. Okay. I got, well, I brought you guys food for your food drive. Is that okay? We don't want your food. It's from bad places. Okay. Um, I'm breaking the silence just for a moment. I'm mm -hmm. unshunning you for a moment just okay. so we can explain why you're being shunned. Okay. Okay. Please explain. So you're being shunned because you're spreading hate and false information here on campus, and we don't stand for it here. So okay. get out of here, you bigot. D can you give me an example of any time that I've done that or PragerU has done that? Just all of the stuff you guys do is just so full of misinformation and it's so bigoted. And so we don't, I don't even need to provide an example because it's just so bad and everyone knows it. Well, I need, I need an example. I feel like we need to talk about our ideologies. Can, can you give me an example? He's doing the silent protest too. Oh, okay. Well, I would like it if you'd come in and listen to me speak. I think it'd be helpful. We don't, we're, we're not. Uh, tolerant of views that are hateful, so I'm not going to listen to your hate-mongering ideas. Plus, they're false anyway. Okay, well, great. I I'm trying to have a conversation, but I guess if you don't want to have one. This is, this is an inclusive environment, and you're not welcome in it. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> I have PTSD, I think, from that, from that, <laughs> from that sketch we just did, <clears throat> because uh, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know that I went and did a speech at Winona State University about the state of our country today. We will show you uh, a clip of that speech for your viewing pleasure. If you want to see more, I, I will see about getting the full speech posted on PragerU's uh, YouTube and Facebook, but I want to do a speech at Winona State University. And what I anticipated was that there was going to be protesters. The Democrat club at their school had put out little flyers saying protest hateful ideologies. PragerU, a far right extremist organization is going to be coming to our campus and we need to protest them. PragerU was me. It was my event. I was just coming to speak about my journey to conservatism and how I, I believe America needs help and how we are headed down a dangerous path in this country but they did not want to hear it now leading up to this event i came to winona state university to check out the campus before the event even happened i heard of all these different students who were so angered about me coming and speaking on their campus but more so than that something that really got to me was the professors who didn't want to hear me speak there was a professor in particular who put out a faculty-wide email talking about how uh, she did not want to see PragerU on this campus. She was trying to get my event canceled. She went to the president of the college as well and tried to get him to cancel the event to no avail. And in the email itself, I wish I had the screenshot of it, put uh, that she protests PragerU. And in it, she wrote, quote, I have no idea what Miss Epinobi is coming on this campus to say. No idea. So, I mean, the if you're a good teacher, what you should do is listen to those ideas that you bring on campus and then tell your students, here's an alternative perspective that you can think about and you judge for yourself based on critical thinking, right. who's made a better case and who's made a stronger argument. That's what a good teacher would do. But no, this one is just saying, no, I don't even know what this person's going to say. Right. But don't let her on because she's hateful. Yeah, I've heard about PragerU. I've heard they're hateful. So don't allow her on the program to uh, don't allow her on the campus to speak. Now, I did show up to this campus, of course. I did end up doing my speech. But before that, I got the chance to talk to the people who were protesting me. This was around 40 to 50 people outside of this campus, all for the most part, young, white, 20 something 
19 to 20 something year old girls with signs that had messages of how I'm bringing hate to the campus. Hate has no home here. Stop false information. We need to stop Prager you things like that. But I went and confronted them and I want to sort of do a play by play on this video and tell you my perspective and give a little bit more context to what was going on because this was sort of an in the moment uh, video that was taken. So here we go. Hi guys, we're live at Winona State University. I have my canned foods for these protesters. Uh, we're gonna go out and bring it to them. We're gonna see how it goes. Uh, they're outside with signs. Apparently so far they have been pretty hostile towards the people trying to speak to them. But I'm gonna go and try and do it. I've got my canned foods here for the protesters. Let's see if I can get them to come. Oh, we're paused here. Well, let me go ahead and add some context to it anyways. So they they framed this as though they were, of course, protesting the event. That's what all their sign says. Uh, Stop hate at this campus. PragerU has no place here. Things like that. And at the me in the meanwhile, they were also doing a. Uh, a food drive. So I saw this on their little flyer. I put out on my Instagram, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to bring food for these protesters for their food drive, and hopefully they'll have a conversation with me. So I got food, <laughs> brought it to these protesters, and if this video will load, I will show you what else happens after that. And I don't think it's going to load. <laughs> Either way. Okay. Let's, let's just go through it. This is the problem it. with doing a live show. This is the is problem. When our internet. We need you to donate to PragerU. PragerU.com slash donate so we can get internet that actually works. <laughs> right. While we're live in front of thousands of people. Right. For our, our ragtag bunch, we do we do need internet in order to produce this show. But and I'll, I'll just give you my, my synopsis of what happened. I showed up. I gave the food to these protesters. They did take the food, luckily, uh, which was nice of them. I stood in front of them and I asked them. Hey, can you explain to me what is hateful that I've said? Can you please give me an example of something that PragerU has done that does not go along with your ideology, does not go along with your view of the world, and I will listen. I want to hear what you have to say. Now, not a single one of them for the first, I don't know, 15 minutes of me even talking to them was willing to come and put forth a, a point for as to why they were protesting my event. I heard, we're here for the food drive. This is a silent protest. At one point, and I want to try to load this video up i'm gonna go to our youtube and find the actual video that we posted they scream spaghettios at me when i'm asked for them to give an argument it's sad too because you were not at all trying to shame them i was very appreciative of the tone that you took and the, de the demeanor that you had and the way you were able to hold your composure um, when confronting these protesters because it, w it was something that anyone would be upset by is, hey, all these people are here to attack me. They're spreading lies about me. They're saying I'm a hateful bigot. Um, they're saying I'm spreading misinformation. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, I'm here I am, you know, w bravely walking out in front of them and just asking them, hey, give me one example of the terrible things that uh, you're accusing me of. Give me one example, uh, point to one thing that I've said that's bigoted or false or anything and they could not provide one and you're sitting there like oh well well I don't have they're like I don't have a phone on me to look to to, to look up anything that you've said and they're right. like, you're like somebody get her a phone I'll sit here right. and wait while you google and look up the worst thing that I've said and I will defend it and to that they said I'm not her I'm they them and then I corrected myself and said get them a phone <laughs> I've got the video here it's pulled up let's play it now hopefully it goes smoothly Cool. College gyms. Hi guys. All right. We met earlier. Brought some food for Thank your you very food drive. Thank you. How many of you guys are out here? Thirty. Hi everybody. How are you guys doing today? 
Good, Great. how are you? Good, good. I'm just live streaming. Just wanted to come and talk to you guys for my event and everything. What brings you guys out here? Food drive. If anybody wants to talk. Food, food drive. drive, yep. Okay, cool. What else? <laughs> Most of the food drive. Okay. I'm just, is it okay if I film your signs? I'll try not to put your face in it. Is that all right? Um, so I'm wondering if you guys would be willing to come inside and listen to the event. Why is that? Your organization is known for spreading hateful information that is, you know, Okay, so what, can you give me an example of the hateful information that... Downplaying it, how so? Okay, just so you can hear, because it's a little muffled there. Uh, multiple people said, we're here for the food drive. We're mostly here for the food drive. That was the, the phrase that I heard the most, mostly here for the food drive, which insinuated to me that they had practiced what they were going to say when I came up to their table, because I did warn them on Instagram, I will be coming up to your protest in, in order to talk to you and have a civil discussion. Now, what this young man just said is that your... Your organization, PragerU, spreads nothing but blatant lies that are completely false. And one of the lies that he pointed to is glossing over the existence of systemic racism. So let's continue. I would, I would love bring up the video. <laughs> yeah, you can bring up the video if you'd like. I would, I would really appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that either. He said, do you want me to bring up your effing video? So again, I, I come to them with a very... Very mild, medium temperament. I just wanted to talk to you. And immediately, as I said in the show before, when leftists get confronted with their ideology, they either are extremely defensive or refuse to have the conversation whatsoever. So far, we've gotten refusing to have the conversation whatsoever, as well as extremely defensive. Let's continue. Sure, sure. Oh, I don't spread any hate. And that's why I want to invite you guys to come in and actually listen to the speech. I think it's important. So for those of you who don't know me, I used to work for the left myself. If you check my, my arm right here, you'll see a nice little civil rights fist on my arm because that's what I used to work for and that's what I used to represent. Coming here to actually talk about that story and what I do now for PragerU, I would really appreciate it that if you're going to protest something or somebody when they're speaking on a campus, that you should probably listen to what they have to say. And the event is free. You can have seats in whatever row you like. You can come up and ask me questions as soon as the Q&A starts. Because I think if you're going to protest somebody, it's pretty important that you listen to what they have to say first and see if it's even worth the protest. Because I'm seeing signs that say hate. I'm seeing signs that say false information. I'm seeing that hate does not make America great. And I agree with all of those statements. I don't agree with hate. I don't agree with false information. I agree. I think the food drive is great. It brought yeah. you guys food. food. But I think it's interesting that we're saying we're here for a food drive and you're all holding signs that say hate doesn't belong at WSU. Hate does not make America great. No human is illegal. Welcome to a real university. So I'm curious as to what is the barrier between you and the door into the event? Does anybody have? We're really here to show support for the food drive. Yeah, but it doesn't. But your signs don't. You're here to support a food drive, but your signs don't say food drive. I did bring food. Yes. Yeah, but your signs don't say food drive. Thank you for your donation. They say no more Prager you. Yeah, you're welcome for your donation. And I thank you for actually coming to my table and speaking to me. And this, yes, this young man actually came to my table. We had civil discourse. We debated each other earlier today I would ask that of all of you I think that's super important so why what is the barrier does anybody else have a barrier that's stopping them from going into this event we just personally don't want to. you plan on going in that's great that's great 
I really appreciate that. I think more people should. Because I used to protest things all the time. And a lot of times it was things that I didn't understand that I was going to protest. And it's important that you go in and try to understand people before you uh, make hateful signs for them. That's super important. Anybody else? <laughs> Does anybody else have an actual qualm with anything that I've said or done that they're personally protesting here today? <laughs> or did you just hear the words Prager you and then you were told that we were a hateful organization and then you made a sign that says as much and showed up and did it? But I work so... Yeah. I've and then here was the the other statement. So obviously all of this was very coached. They, they met beforehand to make their signs. They met beforehand to discuss the talking points that they were going to put out when I came to speak to them. The talking points were, this is a silent protest. We don't feel like talking. We, we, we went over that point. Uh, this is for a food drive. We are mostly here for the food drive, even though our signs have nothing to do with a food drive. Uh, and then what was it that she just said right here? That they're protesting Prager you, not you. Right. We are protesting your organization. We are not protesting you. Amazing. And you, and you go on to say, like, I'm here as a representative of PragerView, so right. find something that they've said that you're offended by, and I'll defend that. Yes. You're even willing to go a step further, which is just... I, you know, we've, we've talked about it already, but like, I can't commend you enough for the way that you approach this whole thing. Thanks. And we're just, we were so proud of you. Like all of us, like eyes welling up with tears watching you do this because it was so um, courageous and you're just, you're such a great model for what education should be, what um, civil discourse should look like and what it should really, you know, you, and, and I you can tell by your, your whole tone and demeanor in this, mm -hmm. you are, you are sincerely reaching out to these people. You have no ill will against them. Right. You're not trying to get a gotcha moment for social media. You're really just, Hey, you're seeing like you guys, you're not really like thinking through your mm -hmm. positions here. You're not just with common sense. You don't even have an argument for, for what you're protesting against. So let's just, uh, can you, uh, can we just have a conversation? Can yeah. we talk? You're just extending the olive branch really. And just saying like, I'm trying to reach you because I used to do this too. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's, I don't even know. I didn't even know what I was protesting back then. I didn't even really understand the ideas. I didn't have something specific. I was just told to organize and activate and all that stuff. And uh, here you are like, just trying to be like, pull them out of the this and come to back to the real world and, right and uh anyway so it was it was really awesome to see you at a hi guys in this we're way. live and at Winona really State that uh you know even if it didn't show in the moment that a lot of these students were impacted you know just by seeing somebody who defied anything they've ever seen before they're yep. not seeing this from their professors they're not being challenged to think critically they're not being given this in in social media or the mainstream media so um this is the first time they've actually been confronted with like oh shoot i don't even have ammo to defend my own ideas or to right. defend my own activism or the thing that i've staked my whole uh existence and meaning on is not like I have no substance to it. And hopefully that's like a wake up call and the start of a process for them to start searching and investigating. Cause that's the same path that you went down is you saw, Hey, some of the stuff I'm being preached to isn't really adding up when I just think about it for a second. Yeah. So that led you to investigate more. And hopefully this is the start of that process for them. Yeah. That was, uh, I tried to stay as civil as possible with the people that I was talking to and you can go watch the rest of this video. It is about 15 minutes long. Uh, it is on PragerU's YouTube. It's posted before this, but yeah, I tried so hard to get a conversation out of and there were some people who were willing to come and converse with me about what was going on by the end of that video they say well you're you're disingenuous anyways because you're live streaming this you're live streaming this if you wanted to have a conversation you wouldn't be live streaming and i said you know what i will turn off this camera right now i will stop live streaming to my audience if it means that you're gonna have a conversation with me i turned it off stood there 
not a single thing. It took more of me just coaxing and talking and trying to get people to come politely to have them actually come up and have a conversation with me. And out of the 40 people, 40 or 50 people who were there to protest me, only like 10 came in to actually listen to the event. Some of them asked questions, which I was very thankful for. And when they did, I had the whole audience applaud for them when, when a protester came and asked me a question. So I, it's, it's so crazy that I have to incentivize civil discourse in that way, that you need applause for coming into somebody you disagree with and mm -hmm. asking a question. So that was what, what happened at Winona State University. And I, I like to think that hopefully they had their minds changed at least in a way that, uh, shows that conservatives are not the big bad wolves that they think that they are. And that's a big reason why I filmed it. A lot of people ask me, well, why'd you film this then? I filmed it because you need to see what is happening on these university campuses. This is a disgrace to academia to have somebody with a differing opinion than you and your first your first uh, instinct is to make signs and then just sit outside and not have a discussion with them. That is not what academia is for. And the fact that there are, pro there are professors at Winona State University who advocate for what these students are doing is a sign of where our university system is going. Yeah, I mean, their signs are accusing you of being a hateful liar. Right. It's basically slander. Yes. And meanwhile, you're out there politely mm -hmm. asking them to substantiate these claims and so just inviting them to a discussion about anything that they think, any questions that they want to raise up, any accusations specifically that they want to make. And there, there's absolutely nothing to it. So it just goes to show how... I don't know. It's a sad. It's a sad commentary on the state of affairs of our of of our education system and their universities. Um, but like you said, hopefully it is like a wake up call or the the start of a process for them to start investigating their views. Um, because if I don't know, if I was caught with my pants down like that, mm -hmm. I'm like I cannot, I can't come up with one thing to to um, substantiate the claim I'm making about this person that I'm saying you stop hate. I have I'm holding a sign that says you're hateful, and I can't tell you why you're hateful. Hopefully that's a wake-up call that, like, hey, maybe uh, I need to think about what I'm doing here for a second. Right. And before we get on to other other stories for today, I wanted to play part of the speech that I did at Winona State University just so you guys can confirm what a hateful bigot I am. This is uh, about midpoint in my speech where I start talking about a process that is taking place in America. Hopefully the video loads and you can actually listen to it because if not we are in trouble <laughs> we'll just move on to stories um this is where i talk about a warning that was given to americans by a man by the name yuri bezmanov about ideological subversion there are several steps to this ideological subversion that happen in america and this video in particular is about the final step and that final step is normalization let's see if it'll play for you guys <laughs> there is one final step there is one final warning that Yuri Bezmenov put out to the American people. And that final step is normalization. So now everybody will look at you, the elites will look at you, the bureaucrats will look at you and go, well, I know this feels like chaos. I, I know it looks crazy that you can't say this certain word anymore. I know it sounds crazy that you don't know what a man or a woman is anymore. I know it sounds crazy that we've, we've alienated and stratified everybody based on race, that we've created a racially Marxist country. I know it looks like chaos, but it's normal. I promise you it's normal. It's been normal all along. You just didn't know it. You were just unaware of your racism. You were just unaware of the way that the world was supposed to be. You need to re-educate yourself and then it will be normal for you too. And the last thing that you should do is look at all this that is happening right now and you go, yeah, this is normal. I accept it. This is the new world. This is the new America because we're headed down a dangerous path. 
a dangerous path that alienates all of us out of society. Those protesters out there, if somebody walked up and said, I'm going to wave my magic wand right now and she's not going to be able to speak, nobody in that room is going to be able to speak. In fact, their livelihoods are over. They're fired. They're not on social media. You will have no contact with those people anymore. They would go, yes, please. Yes, daddy government, do that for me. I would, I would, I would love that. <laughs> That's what they would say. And that is not normal. And to be convinced that that is somehow normal is an atrocity. And what it takes, and the final, the final part of my speech is that we cannot let this happen. Every single person in this room, although they would love to convince you otherwise, has a voice has influence, has power, has a family, has friends, has a community, and you should utilize that to talk about what's happening right now, because if we don't, it will never change. In fact, it gets far worse than this. There are people who wish far worse upon you, and I recognize this. I saw it when I was on the left. I see it when I'm on the right now, and truly, it's not even a battle of ideology anymore. It's a battle of truth. There are people who want nothing more than to lie and to morph reality into something that is not even real. And when you are armored with truth, that is all you need. There is one. So there's the clip. It was so hateful, so bigoted. I can't believe some of the things that I said in that speech were allowed to be said on the campus of Winona State University. I can't believe they let the second reincarnation of Hitler to give a speech on their <laughs> campus like that. That was just brutal. The black face of white supremacy she <laughs> is. Uh, just amazing. But no, it ended up being a really, really great event. We had 250 some people come out and, and watch and listen. And I was the first conservative speaker on their campus to be allowed to come and speak in 25 years. Which what? is crazy. 25 years. Are you kidding me? 25 years. That Isn't, is that Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? That makes no sense to me. How do you even have a university that where students are never exposed in 25 years to a speaker with ideas that are held by about half the country at least uh, that they're never you're never even have one person grace the stage to articulate any of those ideas. What does that say about you right. and your supposed mandate or reason for existence of to educate people? You're not educating them about anything. That's indoctrination it is. when you only represent one side and try to teach that people that as orthodoxy and they pretend like no other opposing perspectives exist. Yeah, and it goes to show that the most important part of subverting a society is taking control over its education system. And that's effectively what's been done in America. And again, a very sad reality, something that we need to be fighting against and changing, because once you've educated an entire generation of Americans, it's very hard to reverse what you've done. Yeah, I mean, the path toward normalization is really through education and through reinforcing mm -hmm. it through um, the culture and through Hollywood and, so, and the media and stuff like that. But when you've when you're able to educate an entire generation of young people to think a certain way, that the, in a way that def, that you've defined new values for them and new ideas. Like America is great because we normalized. The ideas of individual rights and right. liberty and the th ideas that are articulated in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. We found a way to make those our norm. And now the universities have undone that and made a normalized the different ideas of leftism, of postmodernism, of Marxism, of neo-Marxism. Mm -hmm. And that is a critical race theory, of gender theory, of all this stuff. And that's what students are being um, indoctrinated in. And they're normalizing that and undoing the normal that it made. And through history... Um, what America stood for is not normal. Tyranny is right. the norm. Yep. Um, the silencing and uh, 
killing of dissidents is the norm. Mm -hmm. um, the, America was the exception, and it took a miracle uh, for America to come into being and to normalize rights. And now we take those for granted, and we take liberty for granted, and we take freedom for granted, and uh, we're normalizing a new normal that that uh, assumes those that doesn't even know why those things are needed. Yeah, it's just like if you if you want progressivism, the founding fathers were so progressive. Yeah, they they looked around at the world around them, and all the countries that had ever been created prior to the United States were not created on ideas. They were created on race. They were created on religion. They were created on dogma. And the the founding fathers saw that and said no. That makes you so utterly susceptible to tyranny and, and judgment and atrocities. Let's let's build a nation that is different. Let's build a nation that doesn't care about your race, religion, creed, whatever. It's based on ideas, a set of ideas that all humans should strive towards. That is progressive. That's the most progressive thing to ever happen at the time. <laughs> yeah, but it's not enough. Yeah, you've progressed your way out of progress. Yep. You had progress. You had um, the crown achievement of human civilization, and you're progressed past it. And then when you do that, well, guess where you end up? Regressing. You're going yep. backwards into segregation, right. into oppression, into mandating people think a certain way, and into silencing dissidents and creating a second-class citizens, which we'll get to here in a second with New Zealand. But, yes, we will. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's regressive. And uh, the universities have, have a huge part and are, are hugely responsible for the turn that our society's taken, sadly. Right, it is regressive. I don't like playing the race card. In fact, they run away from it as, as often as I possibly can. But it's a very interesting thing to see the the protesters that were happening, protests that were happening at this Minnesota university in front of me. I'm just standing there and all these young white, mostly female protesters were sitting and talking about how I push a narrative that goes against systemic racism against myself. It's just amazing. It's just amazing to see how uh, ideological dogma is just so embedded in people's minds that they can't even they can't even justify it. They simply just spout the same thing over and over and over. And, yeah. and, and when it's questioned in a way that is inescapable, as in me, a black person standing right in front of you saying, please give me evidence of this happening. And at one point in the video, if you go and watch it, one guy does say, well, redlining. Redlining is systemic racism. I debunked his redlining argument right there in front of him. And still the dogma persists of systemic racism in regard to my own life in America. The the fact that this crowd of, of young white people can stand in front of a young black female <laughs> and be so offended that you don't acknowledge your oppression is is mind boggling. You're like, no, guys, I mean, I, I don't accept this narrative and I want to be I treat me like a, a human being that you respect and stop telling me that I'm oppressed and engage my ideas and, uh, you know, form any persuasive argument to try to change my mind or challenge yep. anything that I'm saying. And you're not even listening to what I'm saying. You're just telling me how to think, which is pretty condescending and pretty racist to tell a black person, hey, here's what you're right. allowed to think as a black person and you're not allowed to think yeah. uh, for yourself. According to your own ideology. And then when you give them facts, this is hilarious. When he, he asked me for the facts around redlining, I gave him the facts around redlining. Well, source? Source, where's your source on that? And luckily, although this is not the case for most people, when people ask you for a source, tell them to look it up. They have computers in their pockets. They can literally Google what you just said and find if it's true or not. But in this case, I actually had the source. Said, there's a book written by Tom Sowell called Visions of the Anointed. You can go and look it up right now. Oh, well, just because you cited some obscure book by a, a, a world acclaimed economist doesn't mean that you have any facts, doesn't mean that you've actually debunked my argument. The cognitive 
dissonance is deep and it is real. And you have to keep having the conversations probably hundreds and thousands of times before it breaks through the wall. Yeah, I mean, what you said in your speech, though, I think really hit the nail on the head is that it's not necessarily a battle of of one set of ideas against another yep. anymore. It's a battle about truth itself. Yes. And if people aren't can't be bothered with facts, if if you can if facts exist that contradict your beliefs and you are indifferent to that, then we are in a very dangerous place. If you care less about being if you care less about the truth than the, the and being right yeah, and like then, just, then yeah. being right, then what? you're you're completely possessed by an ideology at that point and you're 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 serving it's like you're in basically a cult and uh, there's you, we need to break that bubble before it's like we talk about um, how you're you're playing two by two different sets of rules in the game of life and mm -hmm. you're playing in the, the the whole set of rules for you is does it serve the ideology that I've already predetermined cannot be falsified and uh, that is a dangerous dangerous thing to do yeah and let's let's see how dangerous it is when we subscribe ourselves to this sort of thinking here's the prime minister of new zealand in a very short clip on the news so you basically said this is going to be like well, it's almost like uh, you probably don't see it like this the two different classes of people if you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated you have all these rights if you are vaccinated that is what it is so yep yep so you just like that amala just there like go that. your rights poof just like that that not even, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm commending for truth, but not even an ounce of trying to 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 work your way around to create a loophole of why that's not the case. Just yep, that is absolutely the case. You are now a second class citizen if you are unvaccinated in New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, it just goes to show these people do not understand freedom. They do not understand the the value of natural rights. That that my freedom is not your bargaining chip to hold over my head in the first place. It's given to me by God. It's an, it's bestowed on me by, you know, your creator with unalienable rights. Mm -hmm. That's what's in the Declaration of Independence. And you, it's not yours to hang over me until I comply with whatever mandate that you put out there. Um, and the, the fact that, that they so flippantly just yep. say, yep. You don't get your freedom. You don't. Oh no! Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You thought you had freedom? No, no, no. Uh, you just have to do what we say. And if you yep. don't like it, it doesn't matter. I don't have to justify the position to you. I don't have to provide a compelling case that actually make people vote on even to say, well, you know, you can get your freedom back after X. Uh, we, this we're taking it away on a limited basis, and you can get it back after X amount of time that we specify. And here's here's the path, you know, toward why we're doing this extreme measure in any temporary sense. I mean, I could have maybe entertained that. Toward the beginning of the pandemic when uh, we didn't really understand the virus, we didn't have a grasp on things, but we have a better grasp on on everything now. Cases are lower than they've ever been um, in states mm -hmm. like Florida now. And uh, here they are going, locking down even harder, treating rights with less respect than they ever have. And uh, it's not a good, not a good sign for things to come. No, it's not at all. And Look at how quickly the soldiers fall in line on this. The The government puts out an order and immediately people just toe the line of that order. And again, that's how it happens. It's because people love power. I don't care what anybody says. You may think that you're that you're self-righteous, that if you were born in a time of, of tyranny and, and transgressions and uh, human, uh, human rights atrocities, that you would be the one to speak out. You would be the one above it. You most likely wouldn't. You most likely wouldn't. And it's, it's not because we don't necessarily have the moral compass to do so it's because humans love 
power. We love it. Look at all the police officers in Australia who are perfectly fine going out and putting together these orders that make no sense whatsoever. Macing people, choking people, stomping on people, uh, confining people to their households, all because they've been given a power that they did not have before. Did I tell the story of the bouncer on this show before? Maybe. I don't know. Go ahead and tell I don't it again. know if I did, but I go, I have a bar that I go to very, very often here in Los Angeles. And there's a bouncer who works at this bar. And we've been friends ever since I've started going to this bar. Always been perfectly nice to me. Never been a problem. Let's me in whatever. I come to the bar the other day and he goes, oh, do you have your, your vax card or a negative COVID test? I said, no, I don't have either of those things. He's like, oh, okay, I might be able to let it slide this one time, but you're gonna need it from now on. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. And also I will not be coming to this bar again if this is going to be the rule that you enforce. And uh, coincidentally enough, there were these guys behind me who watch our PragerU videos and follow me on Instagram. And they're like, let her into the bar. Like, she's totally cool. Like, let her in, let her in. He ends up letting Free me into girl, the bar. Amala. Free my girl, she didn't do anything. <laughs> Free her, she didn't do anything. And he ends up letting me into the bar. This guy follows me on Instagram. I get a DM from him later on. And he goes, you know what? I'm willing to let the, the Vax card thing slide on one condition. And I said, okay, what's that one condition? He's like, you have to hang out and sit down and talk politics with me. And oh my, I don't know what in this man's mind convinced him that this was a good, this was a good pickup. This was a good way to get a date with somebody. Mm. Holding up uh, some perceived power that you have over me by being a bouncer at a bar and being able to let me in so that I would go and grab a bite with you. And that, it's- it's He tried to Harvey Weinstein you. (laughs) You'll get this part, girl. You'll get this part, baby girl, if you just go to dinner with me. Yeah, you see? And although this is anecdotal, it points to a larger truth that humans, when they get power, will use that power and any turn that they can uh, to, to be advantageous for their own lives. And that's exactly what this guy did. Amazing. Yeah, the, yeah, I wonder, like, you know, the, this is just happening on the, on the um, governmental level here in, in New Zealand, but it is, it is a common pattern that we're seeing. Anytime you see these mandates instituted, it's like they never say, hey, this has an expiration date at such and such a time. And like in California, they have not specified when we get our freedom back, at what level of spread or anything. And so it's literally just a power grab. And I, you know, it's incumbent on people who are seeing, you know, we talk about like, it feels sometimes it feels like here, we're in East Berlin and in, in post-war Germany and we're seeing the walls be built up around us. And we'll be like, oh, well, you know, well, I'm just gonna hang off my family a little longer. It'll be fine. But right. it's incumbent on the people who are watching their freedoms being stripped away to stand up and make noise about it. And I think, you know, there are plenty of Australians and New Zealanders and Californians who are watching these these tyrannical mandates come down and just sort of, well, it'll be, and I'm not even making this a conservative liberal argument or anything here. It's just, we take our freedom for granted and then we see it being taken away and don't, the alarm bells don't go off that like, Oh my God! What? Who does this person think they are? Right. No, this is totally wrong. I'm going to stand up and make noise about this. And people are just like, well, I just, I sure hope the government, you know, figures it out and gives it back. And there's this: the government does not deserve your trust. You're a fool if you trust government to yep. make all the right decisions and the best decisions for you. Especially when we know that there's a there is a disconnect between your thoughts, your ideas, and what's actually being. De- um, who's actually in power and what's being decided and handed down. Um, if, if, 
if you don't feel like your government's representing you and there's that disconnect there, then why would you trust them to lay anything that they lay down or any policies that they institute? It's crazy. Yep. And that's what they do is they take all the power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. They take the majority of it and then they go, okay, well, let me give police officers a little bit of power here just so they get a little power hungry in what they're doing. Let me give this this bouncer at the bar or the guy who's letting people into in and out or the guy who's letting people into grocery stores a little bit of power here, a little bit of self-righteousness because he gets to turn people away and call them bad people for not being vaccinated and not having a negative COVID-19 test. And that is wrong. It is wrong to hold up what would be a normal part of living, mm-hmm. like going to a bar, leaving your house, going to a grocery store and saying, well, on this condition, on this condition, you get to live a normal life. On this condition, you get to be a normal citizen. The amount of people in the comments justifying this are very, it's very interesting. Oh, really? I'm not seeing Yeah, it. no, it's okay. But like you were saying, with even this, in the same way that you, you should never expect someone who, you, like, who takes power to give it back willingly, um, once you give up, any, any ground that you give up, you should never expect to take it back easily. You know, and we're we're seeing like with whatever you're willing to to not object to in this in in small increments, it's going it's going to just continue. And they're smart about this. You know, they, they I forget there was a something got exposed recently. There they did that super cut of like um, it was a Fauci thing. I don't know if we can like talk about it in depth, but it was basically like here's the here's oh it was here's how effective the. Uh, Vaxes, and then mm-hmm. over time, the percentages kept going down. It's like, oh, it's ninety-five percent, and then it's all the way down to like sixty some odd percent now, or something. And you just see, like they they uh, have no honesty about how they represent these things. Yep, and there is no no honesty. And what they do is just brush over the problems that have come out of the policies that they advocated for. They're going to brush over the amount of businesses that fail because unvaccinated people cannot go uh, and patronize these businesses. They're going to brush over the amount of homelessness and crime that's happening in our areas. They're going to brush over everything that has come out of the defund the police movement. They will brush over uh, the defense, our defense systems being destabilized because now we are pushing liberty-loving uh, soldiers and military servicemen out of the military for not being vaccinated because of these mandates and here's what happens so when we push kids out of school who go against the vaccine mandates when we push men out of the military men and women out of the military who go against these vaccine mandates when we push professors out of universities that go against the vaccine mandates when we push workers out of grocery stores and gas stations and what have you restaurants when they go against the vaccine mandates what do you have left what you have left is the people who chose to be cowards and the people who chose to advocate for other people's being freedoms being stripped away. That's who you have representing America now. That's how, who you have in jobs. That's who you have in our military. That's who you have teaching your children is the people who are too... Uh, cowardice to speak up against what's happening right now. They are successfully weeding out people who are lovers of liberty and freedom from our society. Now, there is a state that is fighting this and not allowing it to happen, and that is the state of Florida. They are advocating and trying to fix the problems that are happening right now. This is out of the New York Post. So uh, the governor, DeSantis, wants to pay unvaccinated cops 5000 to relocate to Florida. Essentially what he said, he's put out a nationwide call and said that police officers who refuse to go along with the corona the coronavirus uh, mandates will now be paid $5,000 in a sign-on bonus to relocate to Florida. He states, we will treat you better. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. 
It is amazing. It's like when you're in a, an abusive relationship and you finally meet a guy who's actually going to treat you right. <laughs> and that's what the state of Florida is doing right now. And like you said, though, like when you when you institute these mandates, the first people to leave are the principled people and the ones to stay are the compliant people who are willing to enforce anything that whether they agree with it or not. And Florida is saying, well, we'll take the principled people. Yes. Bring them to us. Bring the people who actually have morals and standards and, and you know, who are willing to stand up for what they believe in. Those are the type of people we want um, in authority in our state. And we don't don't want the people who are compliant and thoughtless and just will, um, you know, confront people on the beach like they do in Australia for having sunbathing and that not being a justifiable reason to be outside. Right. And he goes on to say, if you're not being treated well, we will treat you better here. You fill uh, important needs for us and we will compensate you as a result. That's exactly how we should be doing things nationwide. And to Again, yeah, lose the people who value freedom and liberty, which is exactly what you want when you're hiring police officers. That's really important that you don't want the cowards who are going to push these uh, tyrannical mandates on people. So now they're going to all be in Florida. And we did a video on mass psychosis. The solution to mass psychosis is building parallel societies, and those parallel societies tend to function better when juxtaposed with the tyrannical uh, and dictatorial societies that are functioning beside them. And that's what Florida is going to be. It's going to be the state that just functions better than every other state in the union because they are standing by the tenets that America was founded on. Yeah. And it's pretty self-evident that where, you know, where are the states and cities that everyone's fleeing from and where are the states that are exploding in, in population growth and, right. and that everyone wants to be in? And uh, it speaks for itself where uh, what style of governance and what sort of philosophy um, rules the day in those states, it speaks for itself which one works and which one's better and which one's more amenable to people having happy, free lives and for businesses to flourish and for people to um, enjoy their freedom and be happy. Uh, yep. And I don't know. I hope these cops enjoy the the bonus and the freedom that they're going to get by moving to a red state. And here's more out of Florida as we're currently undergoing the supply chain crisis. Florida has offered to solve the problems. Many of the supply chain uh, errors are being perpetrated here in California due to different environmental regulations we have uh, and a, a multitude of other problems within the supply chain. We have we have hundreds of thousands. Is it hundreds? It's probably tens of thousands of ships at this point. I don't know. They're, I don't want to misspeak. It's a lot. Of, of ships. It's threatening Christmas, okay? It is threatening California's Christmas. stupid regulations are threatening your Christmas, and that we will not have toys, furniture, all manner of goods. Food uh, there's supplies, all sorts everything. of, yes, shortages across the board on top of employment problems uh, nationwide. And it's just all of this is a manufactured crisis because of poor policies. Yep. So I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, no, these shipping containers are waiting uh, in the ocean, just floating about. In, in the ocean on the coast of California. They're, they're literally having to, to take boats to the boats yep. that are full of food to feed the crews because they're just stranded out there yep. in the bay waiting for an opportunity to unload their goods. But Florida has offered a solution. Let's see if they're taken up on this offer. Here's the clip off of Tucker Carlson tonight. <laughs> Was there like an ad on this? I think there's an ad on this. Oh, no. We keep having Audio guys. issues. We will. I thought I installed Oddblocker on your computer so this didn't happen. No, because this is a new computer, oh. Taylor. Amala has fried two computers um, for this podcast. Two casualties of uh, just trying to deliver you guys 
her spicy takes right. week in and week out. And I guess they're so spicy that they fire <laughs> her computers. I'm just going to, let's call it YouTube censorship. Can I get away <laughs> with that? Yeah. Uh, here's the video out of Tucker Carlson tonight. In crisis is a real crisis. I think if a year ago it cost three grand to move a container from Asia to the East Coast of the United States. It's now 20 grand. So this is affecting every part of the U.S. economy. You say you have a solution or a part solution to this. What is it? So we have capacity at all of our ports. Remember, Tucker, they made a big deal about L.A. going to start doing 24-7. We always do 24-7 in Florida. We've got capacity, and all of our ports can offer these businesses good incentives if they reroute their ships. We've already had some ships rerouted. Uh, we expect to have more. But if you're going to sit off the coast for days on end, you might as well just bring it to Florida. We've got great logistics on the ground that can get it to market, and uh, we're happy to be able to step up because there are empty shelves. This is driving inflation. This is going to cause shortages. We already see shortages. It's going to affect the Christmas season. So I think Florida can be part of the solution here. The more Florida acts like a country right now, I think the better for all of us, my personal view. Uh, Governor, <laughs> the more Florida acts like a country right now, I think the better for oh, all of us. I thought he us. said the more, I thought he got it backwards and meant to say the more the country acts like Florida, the better off we'll be. No, he's but. saying the more that Florida is literally acting like the beacon of the United States. <laughs> well, both are true. I mean, yeah. I wish the United States acted more like Florida. I but. wonder if they'll pull an MLB and say, because we don't support Florida's policies or the handling of the COVID-19 crisis, we're not going to allow them to fix our supply chain. That would be a very interesting response to this how terrible are they willing to let things get before they just fess up and like loosen the regulations mm -hmm. um, stop giving people unemployment checks so they actually have staffing for things um, and start to actually solve some of the problems like I feel like the the tendency is to double down on the stuff that made things bad in the first place or to add layer upon layer of like, oh, unemployment crisis? Well, let's add some more environmental regulations on top right. of that to just continue to make things worse. And the net result is inflation, which, as Will loves to point out, is basically just an invisible tax on you to mm -hmm. go to the wealthy. Um, and it, they just continue to double down on this stuff that that continues making things worth rather than just acknowledge the simple facts like, okay, maybe we need to lighten up. Maybe we need to treat this as an emergency crisis right. and get these things unloaded however way we have to. That would what competent, responsible uh, leadership would be doing. And thanks to Florida for at least pointing out that fact and by saying, hey, if you just come to our functional state, you right. can, we can actually get this done. Yeah. Instead, they, they want to gaslight us. We talked about that article out of Washington Post that was an opinion piece saying that we shouldn't be up in arms about empty shelves in our grocery stores. We should simply lower oh our gosh. expectations for the American economy and the American supply chain, that we're so used to the comfort of being Americans and the cushiness of our country, that when one thing happens, when when one time our supply chain tanks and is unable to uh, function at the, at the rate that it was functioning before, we need to lower our expectations of what it means to be an American citizen. Yeah, why should you expect... Dunkin' Donuts to have donuts. Right. Just lower your expectations. Yeah, of course. Scott just showed me a picture. He was at this weekend, went to a place called the Habit Burger in LA. Uh -huh. um, and they what did they what did the picture say? It's got like due to due to shortages. Yeah, here I'll read it. Um, we are sorry for the inconvenience due to nationwide supply issues. We are currently experiencing outages of some of our food and beverage items. Thank you for your understanding. Yep. So same thing happened to Chipotle. They've been a lot of Chipotle's out around here in Los Angeles have been out of lettuce due to supply chain shortages. Uh, the boba spot near my apartment is out of boba because they can't get it shipped over to their actual franchises. So this is it doesn't like I, I can't be clear enough. This doesn't just happen. 
Right. Bad policies lead to this happening. Right. Bad people in charge who have no idea what they're doing or who are more concerned with virtue signaling and taking lots of time off um, are making this happen. And it's not uh, this, these crises don't just there are enough real crises that happen in the world with that are not manufactured for us to deal with, like the rise of China um, or other people who hate our values or human rights abuses in North Korea. There are plenty of like real crises that can be confronted. This is manufactured. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, kudos to Florida again for trying to solve the nation's problems <laughs> one step at a time. Uh, yeah, we're actually seeing a state that's getting something done. Now we're going to move on. Typically, we do Dear Will and Amala on the show on, on Monday, but we didn't get many advice questions from you guys. What I wanted to read out, we'll call this Monday Mail instead, because I think that's the segment we're going to make Monday uh, instead anyways. But Monday Mail, I got a very nice Twitter DM. It's quite lengthy, but I want to go through uh, and read this to you guys. It's from a man. His name is John. That's all I'm going to put out there. I'm not going to say his Twitter handle or anything like that. Uh, but I wanted to share this because it just gives me gives me hope, keeps me moving, stops me from being demoralized. Uh, well, he talks about how he was struggling to sleep, so he decided to type me this message, didn't realize whether or not I was going to read it, and I did get to read it, so hi, John. Uh, he said he saw the videos of protesters outside my speech yesterday, which got him thinking about his own journey from being a leftist to becoming a conservative. I want to just skip through a little bit here. I grew up in a small town in Michigan. I had the luxury of not thinking about politics growing up. They were surface-level ideas I had based on experiences. For example, my older brother joined the Marines. Oops. Oh, my goodness. Were you reading the wrong one? No, I wasn't reading the wrong one. Oh. Oh, my gosh. The amount of technical difficulties we we're having today. <laughs> okay. Uh, my brother joined the Marines and served multiple tours in Afghanistan. I wanted him to be safe, so I broad I was broadly anti-war. Growing up in a town of only a couple thousand people and only like 10 black people total, I saw some very backwards and racist ideas shared. This was rare, but it always stood out, so I thought racism is wrong and I opposed it. I went to church when I was young, but I saw the hypocrisy in people who were religious but sinned anyway. Parental infidelity in my family, which led to divorce, so I began... An I became an atheist at a young age in, form, in a form of rebellion. And this is so often what happens with people and why the left is so powerful in what they do is because in general, these are not things that are uh, super systemic within society. It's not something where you're going to walk out of your door every day and see extremely racist people, although racism does exist. But they run on the instances where it does happen, and then they perpetrate this narrative that it happens all the time, that it's a systemic problem, that it's because of the founding of this country. So they take really really bad incidences that should never happen when it comes to racism in this country and they conflate them with the founding of this country and that's an evil thing that tricks people now he goes on to say that i went on to university and unknowingly was indoctrinated into leftist groupthink with some of those seeded ideas that had been planted early making me an easy convert the groupthink element is crucial as being surrounded by that type of thinking made me super confident that my newfound religion again yes leftism is a newfound religion must be correct unbeknownst to me at the time Having a spiritual hole in my life leaves you in your life leaves you susceptible to self-righteous fervor. Yeah. I know now that I must have upset some of my family with how obnoxious and loud I was with some opinions. Thankfully, they're good people and didn't give up on me. I can't say the same for some of my friends on the left who disassociated with me immediately uh, after I began sharing heretical views. This is exactly what happened to me exactly what happened to me if I had met myself who I was four years ago I would have hated myself I would have been like I do not want to ever hang out with this girl would you I was, have been protesting yourself 
I might have been protesting myself. I think I would have shown up for the protest against myself if I was who I was four years ago. And it was just so self-righteous. There was nothing you could tell me. I was absolutely right. And I was like that around my family, family members who disagreed with me. And they were so loving and accepting of me, which was really... Uh, was really a big part of what led me to waking up is realizing that people in my family who were conservative and white were just great people and that I couldn't hold these views together. Now, he goes on to say, as you know, part of the dogma of the leftist cult is that you must speak your thoughts or share your truth. Silence is violence in order to gain social acceptance. The social credit score aspect is largely unspoken in the culture on the left or denied that it exists at all, but it's a real thing and it's powerful. That is why I'm so thankful for you being who you are and doing what you do. The only way to break through that group think barriers to have likable people show others that we're not the evil boogeyman that the priests of their ideology want to say that we are and that's how he sort of ends he goes through a little bit more of a story that i won't share with you guys but he talks about how just compassionate conservatives what i always try to say on this show were fundamental in him accepting who he was and finding ground in his beliefs this so is, thank you john yeah this is so <laughs> cool i love hearing this and i'm glad that you took the time to read such a long dm <laughs> <laughs> but if you're sending us stories of your transformation, um, please do. I mean, we want to hear them. And this is this is an awesome account of and really like it, it parallels Amala's own story in so many ways. And it, it seems like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, when you encounter compassionate people who aren't there, you know, aren't aren't who break the mold of that boogeyman that the left tries to paint of like, Oh, conservatives are these hateful bigots. Mm -hmm. um, but when you, when you run into one who's just willing to approach you in good faith and, and talk and uh, cares about you as a human being and is, is not treating you like someone they're just trying to dunk on, um, you know, who knows what can happen. So this is a really encouraging story and it just goes to show that people doing what, what things like what you did at this campus um, can really change minds and, and, uh, open the door to, to some transformations. Yeah, and a lot of you are asking in the comments how, what happened to him that he woke up? He, he stipulates in the DM that he moved to Seattle as a young leftist and was seeing, again, how progressive policies ruin cities. And he's being told by mainstream media and the newspaper there and all, and all of the social media and the mainstream media that, oh, these policies are great. Our city is better than ever. It's cleaner. Crime is down. And meanwhile, he's walking out of his door and seeing homeless people on the street, people doing heroin and screaming at little children, trying to go to school, children being indoctrinated and seeing how the policies that you advocate for don't work. It's exactly what happened to me. I was advocating for policies, teaching people about it, and the policies did not work. And it really, in order to wake somebody up, it has to be a personal experience it really does which is why going out and having those conversations with people is so important that's a personal experience they've met somebody who has broken through the caricature that they've painted of conservatives and woken them up in a way and that is so so powerful so thank you john for sending me this dm you've really reinvigorated my 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 fight my fervor when it comes to what i do every day and i love getting dms from you guys so feel free to message me it's been quite the week for you huh it's been quite the week, man. I'm like winding down and then I have to go and be in Florida very, very soon to do it all over again. So, <laughs> so round and round we go. No, it's um, good. People are asking where Will is. Ah, okay. We didn't so, say. Right now, Will is in Florida and I will be there is shortly he Florida? as I thought well. he was in Texas. He wasn't. Well, okay. Well, he's in Texas traveling to Florida later today. Okay. He was so. filming some man on the street videos, which will be coming out soon yes. in Texas. 
What university? I don't remember, like Texas State or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, but he's in guys. Texas right now filming Man on the Street. He's going to leave Texas and go to Florida. I'm then going to meet him in Florida. We're going to do some events out there. And then we're going to be back next week. Will, Amala, and Taylor will all be on the show consecutively. <laughs> How come I don't ever leave? I need to go on a trip somewhere. You left for your wedding. That's we got true. you there. Yeah. We got you there. So Taylor's cool. had his hiatus. Scott's had his hiatus. Will's had his hiatus. I've had mine. And next this has week. This become like Will or Amala Live. Will or Amala Live. You get to flip the coin and hopefully you get one of us. <laughs> <laughs> next week it's going to be Will and Amala Live, which I'm very, very excited for. Uh, but anyways, guys, that's our show that's for That's our show. I hope you guys enjoyed watching, uh, despite the technical difficulties. Uh, hopefully, in the shows throughout this week, there will be none. <laughs> One can only hope. Thank you guys for watching. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live, 2.30 PST, 5.30 Eastern. You can listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review to let everybody know that you love the show. Let us know that you love the show. We also have a survey that we're going to put down in the description. If you don't fill out the survey, I lose my job. Immediately. Immediately. Not seriously, but just fill out the survey. Let me know how you feel about Will and Amla Live. What can we improve on? What segments do you like? What segments would you like to see? What other PragerU content do you like to watch? And you can leave a little note at the end of the survey as well. If the note is funny or particularly sweet, we may read it on the show and give you a shout out. So please go out and fill that survey. You guys have been doing it by the hundreds already, but we do need as many as possible. We want thousands, not just hundreds. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will be back tomorrow with some spicy stories. Bye, guys. Peace.